This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. This is the last message in our series on Romans 8, and it's the best. It's the best because it's the climax of this chapter. I suspect I might have sound. Hello, testing. All right, we're going to be there. Romans 8. As you get your Bibles open, I'd like you to listen carefully as I read Romans 8, verses 31 to 39. Now, as I read, I want you to use your fingers to count. Because from verse 31 to verse 35, there are no less than seven questions. Seven questions in five verses. Can you imagine that? Listen carefully. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the assurance of your love, your everlasting love. Nothing can touch it. Nothing can change it. Nothing can separate us from it. Nothing can affect it. Nothing can cause it to be lessened in any way, shape, or form. You love us fully. You love us completely. You love us totally. You love us constantly. You love us with an everlasting love. And we praise you for showing that love by giving your one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, to rise from the dead on the third day, so that all who believe in him have the forgiveness of their sins and the gift of eternal life. Thank you for loving us so much. We praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you. We are eternally grateful to you. And we come with anticipation let us hear your word 
May we receive it in our hearts. May it change our lives. And may it change the the trajectory of our future. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The first verse is, as I have meditated upon this and uh, given it much, much thought, is the most profound. Why did Paul give seven questions in a row towards the end of Romans chapter 8? The reason is, he wanted to bring the message home. He wanted the message to go from your head to your heart. As I've been meditating and praying and thinking about the whole message of Romans 8, I say, how can we not be confident in Christ when we believe what Romans 8 says? The theme verse of Romans 8 is verse 31, which says, We are more than conquerors in Christ who loved us. That's the theme of Romans 8. We are more than conquerors. We are super overcomers in Christ. Hypernicon is the word. Nike is champion, and hyper is mega champion. You're a mega champion. You're a super victor in Christ. Therefore, you can be confident in Christ. Now notice it says in Romans 8, 1, uh, 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? It is referring back to all the glorious truths of Romans chapter 8. I'd like you to take out your handout. Everyone should have received a handout. And I want you to turn to the side that says, I am confident in Christ. Because if you haven't received the handout, hold up your hand and and. Bob will get you one. Okay, we have over here one there and one there and a couple over here. We will wait for you. The buses will wait. When I was a teenager, I had a record of Billy Graham and uh, I listened to him preach over and over again. And I got to the point where I could imitate him and say, I want you to turn with me to the sixth chapter of Galatians. And he was my hero, as most beginning preachers would have. But you know, as they said, his gift was not necessarily preaching, his gift was invitation. When he gave the invitation, somehow the Lord by his Holy Spirit would work in a mighty way and bring people down. And he would say, the buses will wait, because people would come in busloads to the stadiums, packing out these stadiums for sports events to hear the Word of God. And we praise God for the ministry of Billy Graham. Okay, we're waiting for one person over here to receive it in the top corner. Okay, uh, Shirley, could you help over here? Right back, right there, hon. Okay, we will not continue until everybody has one. Okay, you should be looking at the side that says, I am confident in Christ because... Paul is saying, what shall we say in response to these things? Do you know that psalm that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? So when you're redeemed, you should say something. You should give a testimony of that redemption. We're going to do that together. Does everyone have one now? Okay. Over here, Bob, uh, behind you, right there in the wheelchair, right there, right there. Okay, great. And anyone else? Okay. 
you know what, I'm sorry for the inconvenience of passing this out. I thank the Lord for Bob Roach, who's a wonderful servant of the Lord. But let me tell you something. I sat down with Romans 8, and I studied it in depth. And I said, this is so good, I want you to have it and to be able to continue to keep it and look it over. That's how good this is. This is my gift to you of studying God's Word. And what we're going to do is we're going to proclaim it. Someone said to me that when you proclaim God's Word out loud, when you say the truth audibly, something happens in the spiritual realm. Something happens in your mind. Something happens in your heart. Of course, you're using more senses. You're using voice and, and your, uh, your audio and so forth. Let's recite what's true about us as believers according to Romans chapter 8. Let's read this out loud. Reasons from Romans 8 why I'm confident and a super conqueror in Christ. Number one, I'm totally forgiven. Past, present, and future. Just say, stop for a second. Are you more confident because you know you're forgiven? All right, next. I'm free from a performance-based acceptance the law of sin and death. The spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Next, I'm empowered by the spirit to say no to sin and yes to holiness. Next, I'm a child of God who has inherited all his spiritual and eternal blessings. I'm looking forward with a sure hope to being resurrected and receiving a glorified body at the return of Christ. I'm supported by the Spirit in expressing my heart's cry to God the Father. I'm convinced that God is using all things in my life to shape me to be like Christ in my character and conduct. I'm already glorified in God's eyes. It's in the past tense. Done. I'm protected and defended by Almighty God, my Heavenly Father. I'm being given all things for my salvation and sanctification up to and including Christ Himself. I'm being continuously interceded for by Jesus Himself who is seated at the right hand of God the Father. I'm inseparable from Christ's love for me no matter what happens or what is done to me. I'm a spiritual super overcomer through Christ's love of all negative things. I'm inseparable from the love of God that, is, that I'm constantly experiencing through Jesus Christ my Lord, regardless of any negative experience or spiritual warfare. Christian, can you be confident? This is the evidence of why you can be confident. And you say to yourself, how can I possibly respond to the glorious truth of God's saving act on my behalf? I could say thank you, I could praise Him, but you know, God wants you to respond by being confident in Christ. I went to a seminar this past week at Enloe Medical Center, and they were talking about you know, being uh, good in your serving patients. And uh, I'm a volunteer, music volunteer. I play uh, the saxophone over at Enloe Rehab on Thursdays at lunchtime. 
and they said, okay, we want everyone to stand. Don't do that, but we want everyone to stand. We want everyone to go like this. I am awesome. Because studies have shown when you do that physically, it, it, it does change you. And I thought to myself, should I get the congregation to stand and say, I am awesome in Christ. You are. God wants you to live confidently. That means he doesn't want you to be living in fear. He doesn't want you to be living with worry. He doesn't want you to be living with self-condemning thoughts. It's paid for. You're good with God. He's on your side. He's in your corner. He loves you. Do you believe that? God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. So when he gives us these questions, he is saying, respond, respond. Turn your sheet over. We're going to respond. What then shall we say in response to God's amazing grace and love? We're going to read this together. And by the way, if you really study the book of Romans, and, and chapter 8 in particular, the whole trinity is mentioned. It's not just about God the Father. God the Father is for us, who can be against us, but Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, and the Holy Spirit is inside us interceding for us with sighs and groans too much for words. The whole trinity is on your side. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is on your side. He's for you. The whole trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One. And we have this praise to give to him. I believe the way to respond to God in honoring him for these salvific truths, for his grace, is to truly believe, to be convinced. So we're going to read the we believes that I made up and I think this covers the Scriptures. You could look at the Scriptures some more to see for yourself. But let's read together. It begins with, we believe that we have spiritual... And this is the word I was looking for. If God is for us, who can be against us? I said, what word? And you know, I, look, I use the thesaurus a lot. Because I'm looking for just the right word. And I found it. The right word for our state is spiritual invincibility you have spiritual invincibility if god is for you who can be against you no one nothing not a zilch so let's read this affirmation we're starting with the uh, second line that says we believe we believe that we have spiritual invincibility because God himself is our protector. We believe that we have an unlimited supply for our spiritual needs to grow in Christlikeness. We believe that we, because we have been chosen and made positionally righteous by the judge of the universe, that we have total spiritual immunity and acquittal from any charges or accusations made against us. We believe that we have total spiritual immunity and acquittal from future punishment because the Anointed One of God, the Messiah and Christ, Jesus, 
both died to provide forgiveness for our sins and rose from the dead to give us the gift of eternal life and is currently seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for the preservation of our faith. We believe that no experience, event, adversary, attack, lack of food or clothing, threat to our well-being, or sentence of execution can change or lessen in any way the love for us of our risen and soon returning Messiah and Christ. We believe that through Christ's constant and keeping love that we have an overcoming superpower which triumphs through threats, ill treatment, trials, temptations, and tragedies. We believe and are fully convinced that nothing and no one on any level or from any dimension can change or lessen in any way God's love for us as expressed through our risen and soon returning Messiah and Christ, the Lord of the universe, Jesus. Let's give praise to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this is true. Praise you for your great salvation, past, present, and future. Amen. Now, you could see why I wanted to type this out and give it to you. Because this is a gift of God's Word that you'll want to read again and again and again. Because Satan is attacking you. He's trying to get you to doubt the goodness of God. He's trying to get you to be consumed with worry or consumed with fear or maybe get sidetracked on material possessions. And you know what? This is what it's all about. The fact that God loves you is enough. I'll tell you, I don't care what happens, God loves me. A famous theologian, Karl Barth, who had studied theology, written books on theology, was written, was asked, how do you summarize everything that you have learned in, in your Advanced theological training and expertise, Professor Karl Barth. And he said, I summarize it like this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That, that's where it's at. If we get away from the fact that God loves us, we have unanchored from the anchor of our soul, God. So since God is in our corner and on our side, since God accepts us and approves of us, stands by us, upholds us, and works on our behalf, since God has totally forgiven us and has set us free from the law of sin and death, and He's currently helping us to overcome sin by the power of the Holy Spirit, and especially because He calls us His children and His heirs and fellow heirs with Christ, since God has set the whole world's deliverance from the effects of sin around his schedule of giving us glorified bodies at the return of Christ for which we wait patiently with a sure hope since God is reweaving re re our trials and temptations into an intricate tapestry of beauty that looks like his son Jesus since God is so personal that he knows the cries of our heart and he has secured our future and status as already glorified what then shall we say in response to these things? That's how powerful verse 
31 is. What then shall we say in response to these things? So my message is very brief and very clear, I hope. When you encounter a trial, when you encounter, um, there you go, a difficulty, you ask three questions. Can I endure? Is God really in control? Does he really love me? And the different parts of Romans 8 in the latter part answer those questions. Uh, does God, can I endure? God gives you strength. The Lord understands you and helps you to pray in and by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord works out everything for your good. You can have confidence that God is in control when you're going through a tough time. And when you're going through this painful trial, you can know of God's love, that the Lord has assured you nothing can separate you from his love in Christ. So now here's my outline. It's very simple. And it's all about security. Security because this is such a, a wonderful theme. That in 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge was completed. It cost over $35 million, but it wasn't easy to build. It was built in two phases. Phase one, without a safety net. Phase two, with a safety net. Phase one, 23 men fell to their death. Phase two, 10 men fell into the safety net and were spared. An interesting thing happened. Productivity in building the Golden Gate Bridge went up 25%. Why? Because the workers felt secure. They had security. They had a safety net. When you feel secure, you feel safe, sound, and that you can face anything because of that security. I believe there's three things that result in security for the believer. One is God's presence. And the next is God's protection. And the next is God's provision. God's presence. What then shall we say in response to these things points back to the immediate uh, precedent that says that God the Holy Spirit is expressing your heart's cry. He's the one who's inside you. He's beside you as the paraclete. He's empowering you, and he's leading you. God is with you. And when God is with you, you sense his peace and his power and his purpose. That's security, experiencing the presence of God. But security also means you need to feel protected. And it says here, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is your protector. He is your shield and your Buckler, your fortress. When I was uh, studying uh, voice uh, as a, a minor in college, I uh, was learning the words to uh, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Because God is my protector. And then provision. It says in verse 32, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. Notice the generosity of God. What did he give? He gave the very best. He gave all he had. Will he not with him, along with him, graciously, generously, lovingly, overflowingly, give us all things up to and including Jesus? Yes, he will. 
Praise God for His provision. So, you know, people chase after uh, a money portfolio because they want security in their finances. Uh, they want security in, by doing all sorts of things. But you know where true security is? Knowing the presence of God, the protection of God, and the provision of God. If He's your loving Heavenly Father, and as a follower of Jesus, He is, then He's with you, He's protecting you, and He's providing for you. You can be secure. There was a man who was running away from persecutors who were hunting him down like an animal. And he was out of breath and he couldn't go any farther, but he had a, a bit of a lead on them. And he saw this oh, underhanging, like a cave, and he crawled into it. And he, he turned around to look out of the hole and he saw a spider. And the spider made a spider web. And so when the persecutors came to that spot and they thought maybe he went in there, they looked down and they saw the spider web. Oh, he couldn't have gone in there because the spider web's not broken. And they went on. And later he said, with God, a spider web is like a wall. Without God, a wall is like a spider web. Our security is in God, knowing Him as our loving Heavenly Father. We can be secure in His love. Amen? Next, God cleared me in Christ. God not only secured me in Christ, God cleared me in Christ. Because we see that there are people who would want to bring charges against us. Certainly Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren, wants to accuse you in your own mind. He wants to accuse you through other people. And he wants to use you to accuse yourself. It's amazing how Satan's trying to get you down by accusing you. And you know what? Any accusation, when Martin Luther felt the accusing power of the devil, he would say, Jesus is going to go answer that door. Jesus is our advocate. He's our defender. He is our mediator. He is the one who has cleared us. So let's read this. It says, Who will bring any charge against those who whom God has chosen, it is God who justifies. If God declares you righteous, who in the world, or out of this world, because there are spiritual beings, can ever think that any of their charges against you will stick? None. Why? Because God himself says, you are righteous. You are mine. No one can touch you with any charge that would taint your record or would cause me to look away from you, nothing can change how much I love you, how much I accept you, accept you, how I bought you with the blood of Christ, and you are mine. God cleared me in Christ. Who then, it says in verse 34, is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died settled it. He nailed your sins to the cross. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So not only did Jesus Christ die on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished, paid in full. When he went up to heaven after he rose from the dead, that was the receipt. 
You know, when you pay for something, you put down the cash, you pay it in full, and the person you bought it from gives you a receipt, proof of purchase. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, paid in full. And then when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, that was the sign that the sacrifice was fully acceptable. That was the receipt. Paid in full with receipt. You're forgiven. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the last point is this. Not only has God um, secured me in Christ and has cleared me in Christ, but He has also exalted me in Christ. He's exalted you in Christ. It says in Romans 8.37, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. This is the theme verse of Romans 8. And also, this is the verse that reminds us that no matter what life sends our way, by relying on the love of God, somehow we're able to overcome. Now, I want you to imagine me with a rope around my waist. And this rope is the rope of God's love. Now, without that rope, if I were to throw myself down into this valley of steep, sharp, jagged rocks, I would fall on the rocks, and the rocks would go right through my body, I'd be dead. But with the rope of God's love around me, I can risk loving people who won't return that love to me. I can risk uh, reaching out to the unlovely. I can risk being rejected. Why? Because God's rope of love is around me. And with His rope of love around me, there's nothing that I can't face that somehow I'm going to bounce back. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.